Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No this podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Matt Barzell for Kunakel. Behind Anders Lee has the plate off the wall. Barzell to the front. Kunakel scores! Barzell to Kunakel, and the Islanders lead again. Islanders country, hello. This is P.T. Isles, the Isles Lang Zion edition. I'm Isles Vlogs Joe Bono. A reminder, you can subscribe to this show and every Lighthouse Hockey podcast on iTunes. Please rate and review, or find us on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or over at LighthouseHockey.com. Lighthouse Hockey, your SP Nation home for your New York Islanders coverage. Coming up, Matt Barzell is an all-star again and still could be joined by a couple teammates. And we finally reveal the top five playoff and regular season games of the decade as voted on by you, Islanders Country. Thank you so much to everyone that took a few minutes to rank the games. This way, I am not responsible if you disagree with the results. But first, the Islanders follow up their 3-1 win in Minnesota with a 4-3 New Year's Eve matinee victory over the NHL's top team, the Washington Capitals in D.C. And unlike the game in Minnesota, the Islanders made their fair share of mistakes in this game, some defensive breakdowns, unforced errors, but luckily so did the Capitals. Uncharacteristic for two teams that, you know, are built on Barry Trotz's defensive structure and system. The Owls led 2-0 in the first period on goals from Casey Zizekas on a brilliant deflection. 
And then Brock Nelson followed that up by netting his 14th of the year. And you were feeling real good as an Islanders fan. You know, they had that three-goal third period in Minnesota. They followed it up with two early ones here in D.C. But then the Capitals were scored just 14 seconds later. Uh, Kuznetsov was uh, left all alone in front. A complete defensive breakdown had tons of time to make a couple moves and slide one past Varlamov. And then not too long after that, Tom Wilson ties the game off a beautiful pass by Nicholas Backstrom, a play where if you know if he frees the frame, all five Islanders were caught watching Backstrom and the puck, and they let Wilson skate in all alone on the doorstep and tap it in to beat Varlamov and tie the game at two. Uh, things then got worse. Uh, the Capitals then took the lead in the second period, but then it was Casey Zizekas answering back for the Islanders with his second goal of the game. He now has eight on the season, saying, you know what, don't count me out for 20 just yet. And then it was another bottom six type forward, but playing on the top line, Tom Kunakel playing with Anders Lee and Matt Barzell, giving the Islanders the lead. He now has goals in back-to-back games for top line Tommy. After that, it was the Semyon Varlamov show. And as I joked on Twitter, the Islander strategy appeared to be to simply hold on for dear life. And that's what they did. Varlamov with 18 third period saves. The shots attempted in the third were 36 to 10 Washington. And then after Scott Mayfield took a tripping penalty, the Islanders had to hold on, playing down six on four with the extra man on the ice for the final 60 seconds. And uh, they gave it everything they got, blocked some shots for Lamov with some key saves yet again, had some key saves on an earlier Capitals uh, power play. There were multiple times across the third period where the Islanders just could not get the puck out of the zone. And uh, Varlamov, although he gave up three goals, you know, maybe his best overall performance um, from the second period on for the Islanders so far this season. You know what? Throughout the year, you're going to win games where you're outplayed and then lose some games where you were the better team. And in recent weeks, we've seen the Islanders lose games to the Anaheim Ducks and the Columbus Blue Jackets at home. You know, two games where they control the play for most of the game and, and yet, you know, could not win. They couldn't pick up that second point in the shootout against Anaheim and the Columbus game. They had some chances, weren't able to kind of extend the lead and then, Columbus is able to capitalize on their very few chances and, and grab a late third period lead and hold on for that 3-2 victory. you know. But here they're able to go into D.C. and take two points from the Capitals, who have now lost two games in a row for the first time all season. They still stood at the top of the Metro, of course, with 59 points. But the Islanders now, after these back-to-back wins, close out 2019 with 53 points, six points behind the Washington Capitals. After the game, Barry Trotz talked about how his team was able to find a way to win in D.C. We didn't give them much in the in the first two periods, but they're a team that if you make a mistake, they can capitalize. And, uh, you know, we, we gave them a, a couple chances. They capitalized, and then we were able to capitalize on some of their mistakes. We don't score as easily as they do. Um, I thought we had some a few more chances early, and then uh, later on in the game they had a, a pretty good push. And then obviously with the... Uh, uh, the, the penalty and the goalie pulled, that was, uh, that was huge. And it, it's just commitment. Guys just doing the right thing, and we're bending and not breaking. So probably some things he liked, some things he didn't like for Barry Trotz in this game. But, uh, of course, he loved the fact that this team, uh, despite all the pressure that Washington had, uh, was uh, did not give up that, that game-tying goal. You know, the fact that the pressure's on there, they have the extra attacker on, then it becomes a six-on-four uh, type situation with all the firepower that Washington has in their building. Uh, you know, a game that Islander fans have seen time and time again with other teams scoring goals late in the third period to tie games and steal points. Um, the Islanders did not allow that to happen this afternoon. 
and were able to go into the new year with the two points. Casey Zizekas, as we mentioned, two goals on the day. He shared a very similar sentiment as the Islanders coach. It's a hell of a hockey team over there. Um, you know, in the third period, they really they really brought it. And, um, you know, I, I just said to, to Kinger, we, we bent, but we didn't break. And that was kind of the biggest thing. And then when we needed big saves, Varley Stone, I said he played outstanding tonight. And, um, you know, I think he was, uh, you know, our MVP. And the reason they bent but did not break was Semyon Varlamov. Here was the Islanders' netminder, the former capital. After the win, play against Washington at some point, they're going to create uh, scoring chances. It's a good uh, offensive team, like very dangerous, you know. So you can't, you can't, uh, you cannot protect like the the middle all the time. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna make some plays. Um, but we scored four goals. That was uh, that was great. I think it was an easy one today. Um, but we battled through, you know. Um, especially like in the third period, like I, I gotta give the, this team credit. Um, even if we give up like a lot of shots, but still like we were battling till the end. <laughs> Fend that off at the end like you guys did, uh, you know, and they really brought it to as a team in the third period. How good does that feel? It's great. It's a great feeling. I don't remember when I went uh, this building last time, to be honest with you. It was a long time ago, I think in 2014 or something. So, uh, Huge win uh, for me, big win uh, for the team. Um, so all, uh, all very happy, you know, for New Year's Eve. It was a good gift. So the Islanders and their fans get to enjoy their New Year's Eve a little bit more. The champagne will taste a little bit sweeter um, before taking a day off tomorrow and then back on the ice on Thursday to battle the New Jersey Devils for the first time this year. And with this performance, Varlamov may have put him in prime position to be named to the Metro All-Star team. Corpusalo, the goaltender for the Columbus Blue Jackets, of course, now has a torn meniscus. He drops out of the All-Star game. And Varlamov, of course, was a top candidate before this game. You would think maybe this type of performance maybe makes him the favor to take over that spot and join Matt Barzell, who was named to his second consecutive team. And we get to watch Barzy play three-on-three hockey uh, for an extended period of time, which will be a lot of fun for Islander fans and the rest of the NHL. And Brock Nelson, while not named an All-Star, he's on the last men in ballot and has the opportunity to get voted into the All-Star game. Uh, voting starts January 1. So, you know what, Islander country, not the largest fan base, but as we know, uh, some of the most passionate fans. So uh, we have our work cut out for us if we want to get Brock Nelson into the All-Star game. And I think it would be only fitting that a couple of years after Josh Bailey makes his first All-Star game, the much maligned Brock Nelson also becomes an NHL All-Star. When we get back, we reveal the top five playoff and regular season games of the decade. You're listening to P.T. Isles, part of the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. <laughs> Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're back. Happy New Year. PT Isles, Joe Bono with you. And now it's time to reveal the top five regular season and postseason games for the Islanders in the last decade. And 
we felt like we needed to split these out between regular season and postseason games. That way, you know, we give the regular season its due. It's hard to kind of have the same weight, uh, certainly, that playoff games have. And the way we did this is I sent out uh, surveys uh, via social media. Uh, to the fans and the listeners and to the followers and ask them to rank the games from one to the ends of the list. And then the system did the calculations based on weighted positioning. And that's how I got the, the rankings for the top five regular season games and the top five playoff games. So we're going to start off with the regular season games, but before we give you the top five, uh, let's talk about the ones that did not make the list. All right. So these are the ones that uh, did not reach the top five. Uh, coming in last place was the marathon shootout win in Anaheim. Remember, this was the game where it ended up where you had Thomas Hickey scoring a goal that got disputed, had to get reviewed. It ended up counting. And then Nick Letty ended up uh, winning the shootout for the game, winning the shootout game for the Islanders. Uh, on the West Coast, um, I don't know how many Islander fans are still up to see that one, but that certainly was a very uh, strange win in December of 2016. You have the Josh Bailey Thanksgiving Eve overtime winner against the Philadelphia Flyers on November 22nd, 2017. This play isn't really about Josh Bailey. It was about John Tavares. Remember the play on the sideboards going back and forth, back and forth before finally shaking the defender, passing it to Bailey, his first Shot was blocked and then able to put it home uh, for the goal. And then next we had another Thanksgiving Eve uh, game. Uh, this November 26, 2014, uh, John Tavares against the Washington Capitals. This was kind of where the Islanders started to, you started to say, hey, this season may be a little bit different than previous years. Islanders wearing their stadium series jerseys and Tavares with the game winner on his knees with his hands up, up in the air. A bit of an, an iconic image. Uh, from that era in Islanders hockey. We had Kyle Oposo's scoring the four goals against the Penguins on January 16, 2015. Uh, this game I thought was going to do much, much better. Uh, this is what I call the major comeback uh, versus the Red Wings. The Islanders score four times in the third period on the five-minute major, take the lead, then blow the lead in the final minute only to win on the Brock Nelson goal on John Ledecky's birthday on February 9th of 2018. Uh, could have meant a lot more if the Islanders ended up, uh, you know, steamrolling their way towards the playoffs. But we also, but we all know how that season kind of ended. Uh, but still, that was that was one of the craziest uh, games I, I had ever watched. That was one of those games where I kept I put the game on kind of on the side on, on the laptop, streaming it, and um, was watching something else with my wife. And then they scored one goal, they scored two goals. I was like, uh, can we stop this and put the game back on? And then obviously stayed with it until the end. Uh, the next game did pretty well. I, I was surprised. This one was a little bit personal to me because I was in the building that night. The Islanders stunning the Tampa Bay Lightning with two goals in 12 seconds on December 20th of 2014. You guys might remember that. Uh, they were down one nothing to a rookie goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who was, ended up being pretty damn good. <laughs> uh, he was playing tremendous hockey that night, and Islanders scored two goals in 12 seconds uh, for the 2-1 win. Uh, the stadium series game against the Rangers, January 28, 2014, a game the Islanders lost 2-1, but uh, certainly memorable to be at Yankee Stadium that night, freezing uh, my extremities off and, and staying inside the men's bathroom in between periods, going to the bathroom and then people just not leaving uh, the bathroom. That's how cold it was in the Bronx that night. Um, the two late goals uh, against Winnipeg last season, uh, the, the Islanders coming back and scoring 
two goals in the final two minutes to win that game in regulation against the Winnipeg Jets in a game that they tra trailed most of uh, that night. Jordan Eberle, of course, with the game-winning goal. And then uh, the seven goals, third period against the Canucks in March of 2014. Them beating the Wild after trailing by three goals the first time they did that in 20 years, back on December 30th, 2013. And so those are all the ones that were not in the top five. Okay, so I went through a bunch there, about eight, about eight games that did not make the top five. And now we will start the top five regular season games of the decade. And the first one is January 13, 2018, Matt Barzell's five-point game at Madison Square Garden. Number five. Barzell moves it on for Everly. Everly across into the slot. Beauvillier scores! Barzell bends off the defender, and now he's going to move it over to Jordan Everly and drive through. That's perfect play by a centerman. Nice play by Everly to send Barzell. Beauvillier and Letty are with him. Barzell to the back. Can he shoots? He scores! Barzell with the great speed. Waits, waits, waits. And then he just got the poise, the confidence of a 10-year vet. Goes to his backhand, and he just hoists it up into the toy department. They were just 1-6-2 and two after the Islanders beat him back in October. Beauvillier and Barzell. Barzell! And he scores! So that would be one of two five-point games for Matt Barzell in his Calder Trophy winning season. And um, a couple other things of note from that game. You know, this was the Islanders' first game coming out of the break, out of their bye week break, um, you know, looking for kind of a reboot to their season after really a terrible December. This was also uh, a game where Michael Doc Cole made his NHL debut, remember? Um, played about 13 minutes uh, with Doug Waite behind the bench. And then all Anthony Beauvillier, he scored two goals in that game. Remember, this was after he was sent down to Bridgeport and then kind of came back and then got very hot right away. Um, he played, that I think, about three games in Bridgeport during the bye week, came back and just kept on scoring for the Islanders in a 7-2 win. Game number four, April 5th, 2016. Thomas Hickey's overtime goal sends the Islanders to the playoffs. Number four. Here comes Tavares. Down the right wing. He pulls up. Slides one on goal. Save made. Rebound Hickey. He scores! He scores! And that locks up a playoff spot for the New York Islanders. Thomas Hickey beats Holtby up high on a rebound. So Thomas Hickey, who certainly had a knack for scoring overtime goals, as a New York Islander, we'll see whether or not we hear from him on the top five playoff games of the decade. Um, that goal set up on a, on a beautiful pass by John Tavares, 2-13 into overtime. But if you remember, the really interesting quirk about this game was who was in net for the Islanders. It was Christopher Gibson making his first NHL start that was in net the night the Islanders clinched their playoff berth. He made a number of key saves in overtime. Uh, so... You know, quite quite remarkable for the Islanders to clinch their wild card berth, and of course, you remember as that season was going on, you did not want to end up being in that third place spot and end up facing the Pittsburgh Penguins like the Rangers did. You wanted to be in that wild card position in the seventh spot to face the Florida Panthers, uh, but first you needed to make the playoffs, and that's what the Islanders did on that Thomas Hickey goal in D.C. Our next game, February twenty eighth, two thousand nineteen. We don't need you. Number three. Now the crowd will have its opportunity to show their appreciation, disdain, or some combination of the two for their former captain, John Tavares, in his first game back here on Long Island.
2009 to 2018 will always be known as the John Tavares era here on the island. He was the best player on the team most nights. Perhaps now some closure for one or both parties, but perhaps the distance grows between them. Islanders fans can remember more of what he did and who he was and less about how he left. Uh, exactly right. As time goes on, they'll be able to think back to how important John Tavares was to the to the franchise right now. It's, uh, it's still burning in their hearts that uh, Tavares made a decision and it wasn't the one the fans wanted. Sloppy play there allows Clutterbuck on it, then Suzuki strips it away. Suzuki is in! Scores! Short-handed! Suzuki! 3-1. John Tavares makes his return to Long Island. And it's a 6-1 win for the Islanders. And a game that no one in this building will forget. And you know what, Brendan? Nobody left early. I mean, this game was pretty much over by about five minutes into the third period. There was little chance for the Maple Leafs, and nobody left. They're all standing. They're saluting the Islanders, and well, they should. A really strong performance all the way across the board. So I thought this might actually have been number one uh, when I put this out. Ends up being number three. I was in the building that night, and uh, you didn't know exactly what to expect, but you you knew it was going to be a different type of atmosphere, and unlike any hockey game that you maybe ha have ever attended at the Nassau Coliseum or any Islander game, because it was just such a unique situation for the you know face of the franchise, really the savior of the franchise in so many ways, the captain of the team, to go to Toronto the way he did do it. There was such venom, um, obviously, for him in that building that night, and, you know, there was a bit of conflict, I think, amongst Islander fans going into it because you you did want to, you do appreciate and understand what he meant to the franchise for the nine years that John Tavares was on Long Island. But at the same time, it felt very, very personal when he, when he left for Toronto. It was pretty much saying, I don't think I can win here. Um, after, after feeling like for so many years, he felt it was his... Uh, obligation and, and duty and, and purpose to 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 lead this team as far as he possibly could and just when you felt like things were getting turned around with Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz in place uh, he decides to go to his hometown team in the Toronto Maple Leafs Islanders uh, win that game six to one it was a raucous crowd and because of the way that the game went it allowed Islander fans to get very creative throughout the night and I think when you look back on that game some things that you will always remember are the chants. Uh, certainly, we don't need you. Uh, that's our captain after the Anders Lee goal. Please don't trade me, echoing uh, the rumor that um, Tavares had went to ownership saying he did not want to be traded. Uh, Barzi's better. Uh, past your bedtime, get your jammies. Uh, you can't beat us. You may recall that the Islanders uh, blitzed the Maple Leafs earlier in the season. That's when Matt Barzell had the natural hat trick earlier the year up in Toronto. Uh, who's your daddy? You're a liar. And even the chicken dance played by organist Paul Cartier, the Islanders improvised the words there. Islander fans improvised the words there to include uh, John Tavares. And then of course the, you know, the playing of his, of his um, tribute video and, and, you know, I think on the MSG broadcast, they took the audio feed from, from the video. But obviously if you were there, you knew that it was who is pretty much the you know the entire time uh, Tavares kind of skates out a little bit, does a couple claps, raises his stick. Uh, both teams 
kind of salute him. Um, but uh, very odd and, and strange and strange feeling. I know he's been back to the Coliseum already another time last year, again this year. And it's never going to, but it's never going to be quite like it was on February 28th, uh, 2019. Next up, another game at the refurbished Coliseum, December 1st, 2018. The Islanders come home. Number two. 1255 Hempstead Turnpike, Nassau Coliseum, Fort Never Lose, the old barn. It's been called many things over the last 46 years, but one thing every Islander fan calls it is home. Home's a simple concept, but it's become overly complicated for the New York Islanders over the past four seasons. This place may look slightly different, but it is as it should be. And once again, it is full of fans and full of memories. The Columbus Blue Jackets were here on April 11, 2015, when the last regular season game was played. Ryan Pollock skated through the circle, still with it. Bottom of the circle, Pollock behind the net. Pollock in front of Suzuki. Suzuki scores! Casey Suzuki gives the Islanders their first lead in their return to the Coliseum. It is 3 2 New York. The Islanders come back to the island and kick it off with a win. Listen to these fans, Brendan. They are applauding their New York Islanders. How much fun is this? The first of 21 games scheduled here this season at Nassau Coliseum. And the Islanders come from down to nothing, score the final three goals of the game, and beat the Blue Jackets 3-2 in front of a capacity crowd. So the Islanders being back at the Coliseum comes in at number two, a 3-2 win. Good thing they won that game after being down uh, 2-0 early. I was not at that game in, in early December, but um, you know I think what it was all about was you know you were told that the Islanders were never coming back to Long Island a few years earlier, that they would be playing in Brooklyn, there was going to be an ironclad 25-year lease, and that you know this would not no longer be you know, Long Island's team and Long Island's team alone. Um, and, and yet here they were back on Long Island and back in the, in the same building. And, uh, certainly I think the previous year when the Islanders played that preseason game at the Coliseum, you felt like the door was opening towards this. And then of course the next year they make the announcement that first 20 and then 21 games. And then this year, 21 games, then moved up to 28 games will be played at the Coliseum and we'll see whether or not, um, all 41 home games get played at the Coliseum uh, next year, and they stop stop playing at Barclays Center altogether uh, now that we know that Belmont is getting built. Um, you know, I was, I was there at the last regular season game at the Nassau Coliseum, that game they lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets in a shootout that cost them um, home ice advantage in 2015. I was at the playoff games. I was at game six against the Capitals. So, you know, like I said, I think a lot of Islander fans emotionally had gone through the idea that they were never going to play and see their team in that building again. So very, very special and surreal to have them back, back where they belong at the Coliseum. And the number one regular season game, maybe I shouldn't be too surprised. February 11th, 2011, Brawl Night. Number one. Oh, look at this, look at this. Oh, Leary's going Johnson. after the goalie. Oh, he wants him. Look, at they're not going to let him get to him. Now it's way out of control, and Johnson's in his second fight in a week, and Haley is trying to do to him what Johnson did to Rick DiPietro. I think Talbot's in there also. Oh, they're motioning at the benches because they're worried because it's an un... 
Boy, this is crazy now. As you're right, Haley came all the way down, and he was looking for Johnson. Eric Goddard, I believe, came off the bench to get into it. Well, Haley's going to become a fan favorite in one big hurry. Oh, he's oh, look there. At, look, at, look, at, look, at, look at Orpik. He's looking for him. And Listen to these fans. They are going bananas. After the Johnson D. Pietro fight last week, you could see it. The Penguins were pretty much laughing at the Islanders on the Pittsburgh bench. And you know, that caught the attention of the Islanders and was going to be part of the buildup to tonight's game. And if any of this was predictable, I think it's gone even beyond what we thought it might have become. Because a lot of times when you expect something like this and you get it, it basically happens in the first period and then things settle down. But this has been going on all night. Well, it's, this has been brewing, and we talked a little bit about it earlier on, Howie, that, you know, it's not just the game against Pittsburgh. It's a lack of respect that the players on the New York Islander team feels like they haven't been getting, you know, calling them up doormats and, and running at them. Pittsburgh's been running at them. Toronto the other day was uh, was running at them. Ottawa's been running at them. So this just they all came to a head. This all overflowed today just because it happened to be the right opponent at the right time. And they were ready. They had this game on their mind. They had it in the dressing room. I said before, there was a buzz in the dressing room, and they were on high alert. So after a decade, it is a brawl against the Pittsburgh Penguins that claims the top spot amongst the fans. 351 penalty minutes in that game. Three Islanders actually scored their 20th goal of the season in that game. 188 penalty minutes assigned to the Islanders. That broke a club record. Um, and the 351 combined penalty minutes broke marks of 233 combined and 108 to the Islanders in an October 14, 1982 game between the same two teams, the Penguins and the Islanders. Uh, three separate Islanders were hit with over 30 penalty minutes. Haley had 39, Gillies 34, and Matt Martin 32. Haley's 39 penalty minute it was the highest total by any player in NHL game since Jody Shelley had 41 minutes for the San Jose Sharks back in 2008. This is a game I feel like on every February 11th, someone tweets out the video of, of the of the Islanders-Penguins brawl. And, you know, in that clip, you hear what this was about for Islander fans, is that this franchise was looked at as a doormat, as a pushover, based on their record, their talent, the building, the ownership, all of those factors. And it just was wearing and wearing and wearing, I think, on the players themselves. And, uh, of course, you had situations where, you know, Rick DiPietro gets gets kind of, you know, knocked down and, and hurts himself uh, the, the previous week against the Penguins. And then you have the situation happen. And, and, and that's how he roasted it on the broadcast. These aren't this wasn't something that, you know, it happened in the first period and it was over. You know, everyone kind of said their piece and went their own way. This just kept going and going and going. You know, probably a couple of the more iconic images. One, of course, is Haley skating towards the Penguins goaltender, Brett Johnson. And then, of course, Trevor Gillies being pushed out by the referees to leave the ice, but then staying right there looking down on the penguin player um in between in be- in between the uh the glass um so a wild wild night um at the coliseum islanders with the a3 victory over the penguins at your number one regular season game of the decade as voted on by you islanders country we'll take one more quick break when we come back the top five playoff games of the decade 
You're listening to PT Isles. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We're back. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for being with us. And now we're going to reveal the top five playoff games of the decade. And we'll start out with the ones that did not make the top five. Uh, game one against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Islanders riding high after beating the Florida Panthers still game one in Tampa. You start thinking about Eastern Conference Finals. Next thing you know, they lose back-to-back games in overtime at home and get blitzed in game five, and the season comes to an abrupt end. Uh, game two at Pittsburgh, when the Islanders, after getting really beat up in game one against, you know, the Penguins were so good that season in that shortened uh, 2013 year. Uh, Islanders really, people didn't think had any chance, but you never know in hockey. And then game two, they kind of stunned them on the road and get back to the Coliseum for game three with a chance to make some noise. Uh, game three versus the Florida Panthers in 2016. This was the Thomas Hickey overtime winner off the Brock Nelson feed and the little uh, Super Mario uh, celebration by Hickey that did not make the top five. Uh, Game four versus Pittsburgh, Donalders tying the series at home. So this is after they lose the game three in overtime. They win 6-4, uh, really get into Marc-Andre Fleury's head. Uh, in, in that game, they tie the series up 2-2 to go back to Pittsburgh. And then the other one that did not make the cut was the final, what was supposed to be the final home game at the Coliseum. Game six versus the Washington Capitals. Uh, this is a wild game, uh, 1-1, third period. Uh you know, Tavares makes gets hit and then is able to get the puck over to uh, Letty's able to get the puck over to uh, Kuhlman, who puts the puck in past Holpe in the third period. 2-1, Cal Clutterbuck with the empty net goal. Islanders went 3-1, force a game seven. And you know what, leaving that game, did not know whether or not you'd ever be back in the Coliseum. And, uh, you know, Islanders end up losing game seven, so you don't think you're ever going to be back in the Coliseum. But as we talked about before, uh, they would be back playing playoff games there uh, just a few years later. All right, so let's kick things off. The top five playoff games of the decade. Game three, Stanley Cup playoffs against the Washington Capitals, April 19th, 2015. Number five. That one grabbed and pitched aside by Holtby. Carlson off Ward, kept alive. Letty a shot, oh, directed on goal. Score! Tavares! Well, off the opening faceoff, the Islanders are able to control it. Johnny Boychuk lets it go. Hope he doesn't hold on to it. He moves it to Carlson. Turnover. It's kept in by Letty. The redirect. Great save from Hopi. And then from really a nasty angle, John Tavares beats Braden Hopi. But Hopi was off just a little bit and it finds his way in behind the right side of Hopi and the post. That first save was outstanding, but John Tavares gets inside position on John Carlson and from a nasty angle. 
He wins it in overtime. Doc Emmerich on the call for a rare Islanders game there. Uh, afternoon game, game three at the Collie. Um, Islanders got a one nothing lead in that game. Caloposo had a puck kind of go off his off his shin uh, that beat Holpe. The Nicholas Backstrom had tied that game in the third period, late in the third period. And they go into overtime, and what I remember is that everyone, like you do at the Coliseum, runs out to the bathroom, and they actually had porta potties outside the Coliseum with like a tent over it, and you could either wait online inside the corridor or go outside and go to the bathroom in the porta potties and try to run on back. And I got back to my seat maybe with two minutes to go before the intermission ended. And of course, it was only 15 seconds right off the opening faceoff that John Tavares um, wins the game for the Islanders. And I am sure there are a lot of people, guys and girls, that missed that because they were still on a bathroom line. If you're on a food line, I kind of blame you. But if you're on a bathroom line, that's just that's just bad luck. Uh, <laughs> nothing else I could say. Uh, and at that point, you thought the Islanders had you know, gained some control in the series. You may remember they won game one of that series, and then game two, Holpe did not play. Grubauer had to play in a ba- the backup at the time. Obviously, he had a big year the following season for Washington, or a couple years later for the Capitals. Um, Islanders had a, had a couple leads in that game, could not hold on. Washington ended up uh, taking the lead in the third period, but the Islanders you know, kind of reclaimed momentum there. This would go, of course, to Game 4, and then they would lose Game 4 in overtime. So I had a real chance uh, to go up 3-1 in that series, but just just could not doing, do it, end up losing the series. Next up, Game 5, 2006 Stanley Cup Playoffs, Islanders, Florida Panthers, April 22nd, 2016. Number 4. Zidlitsky at the point. Hickey back. Zidlitsky across. And a score! Alan Klein! With his first Stanley Cup playoff goal, and it's an overtime winner for the Islanders. A power play goal, and Alan Quine has ended the marathon at the 16 minute mark of double overtime. Really good composure by the New York Islanders. They gave his own one chance by Luongo off the shot block. Big one by UC Jokinen. They keep it alive. Josh Bailey moves it out. Merritt Zedlitsky with some composure. Keep moving it around. Now Zedlitsky going to pump it and then climb right in. 19 in Bridgeport this year. A late call up and now an overtime hero. And the Islanders. Take the series lead, 3-2, and a pair of overtime wins. Alan Quine, forever in Islanders lore, with a double overtime Game 5 winner, power play goal, assist to Marek Zidlitsky and Thomas Hickey to give the Islanders a 3-2 series win, sending the series back to Brooklyn with the Islanders with an opportunity to close it out. And, you know, also what you remember about this game was Islanders... um, Took a lead in the first period. Franz Nielsen had a goal. And then, you know, Thomas Grice played a remarkable series, but this might have been his best overall game. Uh, held them scoreless into the third period until Barkov scored um, a minute 59 into the third period to tie the game. And then it was Alexander Barkov again. Calvin Dahan got called for covering the puck in the crease. And Barkov, a penalty shot 
in overtime to potentially give the Panthers a 3-2 series lead, stopped by Grice, and then the Islanders ultimately end up um, scoring the goal at 16 minutes into the second overtime session after Derek McKenzie took a slashing penalty and, and he was in the box. Uh, Quine able to score the overtime goal and give the Islanders a 3-2 series lead. Our next game, 2019 Stanley Cup Playoffs, Islanders-Penguins, Game 4, April 16th, 2019. Number 3. It's Game 4 of this Eastern Conference opening round series. Will it be the last one? As the New York Islanders try to sweep Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sang again. One more time, the Islanders back in the way. An odd man opportunity here for the Islanders. Two on one. They bring it in. And here is Everly. Scores! Jordan Everly continues his hot streak. Every game he's on the score sheet. And the Islanders one more time respond in this series. We are tied at one. Bailey in front for Nelson. Shoots and scores! Brock Nelson has made it 2-1 Islanders with under two minutes to go in the first. You know the fans on Long Island, they're standing up in front of their TVs yelling, let's go Islanders, as they do at Nassau Coliseum, which might not see another game because they can play round two in Brooklyn. They win the faceoff, clear it all the way down, and in! And the Islanders look like they've done it! Josh Bailey sends it all the way down and scores the empty net goal. He scored the overtime winner in game one. He may have scored the sweeping goal for the Islanders. Three, two, one, the horn sounds, and oh, how sweep it is! The New York Islanders have their first sweep! since the 83 Cup Final over the Oilers, and they are headed to round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So the Islanders complete their first playoff sweep since sweeping the Edmonton Oilers in the 1983 Stanley Cup Finals. And, you know, the Islanders just overmatched the Penguins in this series and really were just led by Jordan Eberle, and they just kept on responding Every time the Penguins scored a goal, it felt like the Islanders would would respond and and do it quickly. And uh, really, uh, this game was really all about that because the Penguins, if you may recall, scored very early in this game, 35 seconds in. Jake Gensel scored to make it one nothing, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, maybe tonight's not going to be our day, and uh, we'll go back to the Coliseum for Game Five and try to finish things up there. But you know, a minute and a half later, Jordan Everly scores. They get a goal at the end of the first period. Brock Nelson. Then Robin Leonard plays really well in the second and third periods, and then Josh Bailey, of course, the empty netter to secure the Islanders' victory and their first sweep since 1983. Next on the list, Game One, 2019 Stanley Cup Playoffs, Islanders Penguins, April 10th, 2019. Number two. Islanders clear it ahead. Two on one. Barzell and Eberle. Matt Barzell in. Waits. Backhand. He hit the post. They score. Josh Bailey. Game one to the island. The Islanders win game one. Josh Bailey. His first career overtime winner in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So Josh Bailey, the hero that night, after Matt Barzell hits the post, Bailey able to put it in, pass Murray, and give the Islanders a 1-0 series lead, winning at the Coliseum the first time the Islanders had home ice in a playoffs 
in 30 years. Uh, this game got started in a hurry. You remember Tom Kunakl had a goal that got waved off, but then Jordan Everly scored right after that, gave the Islanders a one nothing lead. This game was back and forth for a while. It was 2-2 and then 3-2 Islanders on a Nick Letty goal, but then Justin Schultz, you may remember, uh, scored with just a minute 29 left to play in the third to send the game into overtime, but then Josh Bailey able to uh, to win the game and send everyone home happy. And that's kind of where, you know, the Hey Josh Bailey song, you know, by the Blue and Orange Army, that's been going on for years and years. But I think after that overtime goal and people, you know, singing it throughout the uh, post-game interview the way they did, it just kind of it kind of just grew in, in momentum. And I think even people that might have been reluctant uh, to sing it at Islander home games are now singing it now after after that night at the Coliseum. All right. And our final game, Game 6, 2016 Stanley Cup Playoffs, Islanders-Panthers, April 24th, 2016. Number 1. Sent in for a poso with Tavares. Feeds Tavares. Quick shot save made by the pad of Luanda. Tavares scores! Tavares wins it on a backhander. It's over. It is all over. For the first time in 23 years, the New York Islanders have won a playoff round. And perhaps the most fitting man to score the winner is John Tavares. You know, it's almost hard uh, looking back at those games during that series at that time because, you know, they won that series because of John Tavares and Thomas Grice. But Tavares did everything that series. And there were so many playoff moments that we've just gone through in 2013, 2015, and 2016 where, you know, he was front and center. And and no more so than this game. Islanders down one uh, nothing, final minute of the third period. Uh, the only goal to this point was a Jonathan Huberdeau goal in the first period that beat Thomas Grice. Roberto Luongo playing great hockey, trying to send the series back to Florida for a Game 7. And uh, yes, Strotrick was, was tripped, uh, but there was no call. Um, Letty comes down the rush, the puck goes to the front of the net, and I've never seen a goal quite like this one where it just is sitting there. It's just sitting there behind Luongo. No Florida Panther sees it. No Islander sees it. Tavares, who had just come off the bench, he does, just moves the puck out, puts it into the back of the net, and the game is tied 1-1, and we're going overtime. I was sitting in Section 215 of Barclay Center 
uh, for that game. So I was right behind the net and started to play out almost a perfect seat uh, to see that happen. That goes to overtime. We go scoreless in the first overtime. And, of course, in the second overtime, you just heard the calls, the Howie Rose call. You know, 23 years for the Islanders to advance to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And they do it on a on an all-time goal. I mean, the shot. And then to be able to wrap it around the way he did, uh, getting his own rebound and putting it in before you could blink. It's an iconic Islanders goal. Um and I'm glad that the fans voted this number one because it's no reason why it should not have been. But again, it's going to be a while before you ever see these kind of played in, you know, montages. You know, like you can play the, you know, um, David Volick goal from the 93 playoffs forever. Um, these ones right now, it's still too sensitive, a little too raw to kind of play, uh, you know, John Tavares goals, obviously, at Islander home games. But um you know, that meant so much for the franchise to finally get over that hump, 23 years in waiting, to get to the second round. And for your franchise player, your cornerstone player to do it, you may remember the Rangers had gotten knocked out um, of the of the playoffs by the Penguins. So the Islanders were the only New York team playing. You felt like Tavares had finally arrived. There were articles being written about him being the top player in New York by Mike Vaccaro in the New York Post. And um, it's just incredible how where that moment was. And then two years later, you know, he's gone. And now, you know, these are more bittersweet moments than ones of, you know, euphoria and, and, and they're still great memories, but you know, there's just a little piece uh, missing uh, with the way you feel about it uh, based on how the events have transpired in the years that followed. So that'll do it for this special New Year's Eve edition of Pete Isles. Next up for the Islanders, they host the New Jersey Devils on Thursday night. And then, of course, Saturday night, don't forget, Isles Buzz is recording a live podcast from the Offsite Tavern starting at 5.30. Dan Saracini of Islanders Anxiety and Lighthouse Hockey will be there. I'll be there. And, of course, Noel and Dan, the hosts of the Isles Buzz podcast. Hope to see you guys out in the city. And then the Islanders will return home Monday night to take on the Colorado Avalanche. We'll talk to you in 2020, Islanders country. Good night.